a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Sabbatical! After taking time to tease one another and discuss their relationships and families, Tap and Lynn are finally ready for a daring space adventure. And that readiness could not come at a better time, as Thrawn and Thrinpo have both made their way aboard the very same cruise liner. The only question is, did Cat and Pranks anticipate how much people would be shipping what we're about to hear? The camera zooms in to the Wyron's Reserve and, mm-hmm. like, actually submerges into the Wyron's Reserve and then pulls back. And when it pulls back, it's the door people. Yeah. And the door people has, like, red mm-hmm. behind it. The camera goes through the door and we see Thrawn, like, peering into various cabins as he's making his way up the, we'll call it north side of the train, you know, in the direction the train is traveling. Perfect. So Thrawn is just investigating. Mm-hmm. What are the things that he can use to investigate? Okay. He's looking for Severance Tan. Yes. He believes Severance Tan would be traveling alone based on his analysis of her. He thinks she's a person who would have her own cabin. So the first thing he's going to do is look at a look at the passenger, passenger manifest, manifest and search the cabins that are individual first. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, that does make sense. How is he searching? Can I flip a point in order to have him have like a key card that all of the porters have in order to like Get enter and clean thing. the rooms? Yeah. Okay, so he has like a skeleton key that all of the porters have. I flipped a destiny point for that. So he's like knocking and opening. Mm -hmm. And we see him like first look in there to see whether or not anyone's in the room. And if people are not in the room, he enters, pokes around, checks stuff out. If people are in the room, he waits until they leave. We see several scenes of him wending his way through the cabin doing this investigation, basically. Okay. And I can have him make a perception check in order to absolutely narrow it down. What's the difficulty here? Two and two. Okay, two purple, two red. Or sorry, like that. Does that make sense? Just two red. Yeah, just okay. two red. I really had hoped that we'd roll more despairs, but at least he fails. Yeah, he does fail. So this is failure with four advantages. How does that play out? I'll advance my plot line. Okay. If you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Since you failed. Yeah. It's not in this hall. It's not on one of the single rooms at all because she is interested in protecting her stuff and she's like a skip tracer. Mm -hmm. While he is looking around, he spots a thing that is very unusual that I don't think he's ever seen before. There's an automaton that is, let's make one of Frenna's droids. Okay, cool. It's a scout, so... What do we think it should be? Uh, So it's the one that's like spherical, Mm -hmm. has like a single red eye in it, and has like antennae coming out of the top, and it's about beach ball sized. But it doesn't actually look like that because she's the worst person. Oh, so it's fucked up. It's pretty. Yeah. What flower does it look like? Like a tulip? Or like a rose. Let's go full trash. It's a rose. It's a rose. It's a rose with like a red... It's a rose where um, yeah. the center of it has that red eye. Yeah, it's a blue rose with a red eye. God, that's terrible. I, that's what it is. Yeah. That's it has really, to be... really awful. Well... Just absolutely no good. We yep, yep. we have this podcast, yep. so that's what it is. That's what it is. And, and Thrawn is completely taken aback by this because he doesn't encounter droids. The Chiss Ascendancy doesn't use droids at all. And so for a second, he's just like a kid with a toy that he's never seen before in his life. It is outside of the ship. Mm-hmm. It starts out inside, but mm-hmm. that's what it is. Thrawn goes into one of the rooms. When he goes in, this droid is there. And then it leaves through the window. And then it leaves through the window. 
Oh boy, blue boy, he climbs out the window. That's what happens. Yes, he does. That's what has to happen. That's exactly what he does. So we get this shot of like <laughs> the door opening, Thrawn looking completely transfixed by this blue what droid. What a giddy blue boy. His eyes, the way he displays that he's transfixed by this, or his eyes starts glowing even brighter. And then the droid like completely nonchalantly opens the porthole. It has like little pincers, you know? Yes, it does. And then it opens the porthole. Little graspers. Little graspers, opens the porthole and then just goes like, makes like a whirring noise and then goes floats directly out the window and then goes up thrawn makes a perception check inside the room to see if there's anything like he's not going to leave without of course of course scanning the room three successes and an advantage is there anything of note in this room no but he uh starts to move towards the window then snaps yeah he actually snaps and realizes that he hadn't locked the door which it had been locked like by the thing so goes and makes sure that with the key it properly locks to cover his tracks he smiles tightly and then goes and climbs out the window Mm -hmm. after the droid so the wipe transition here is the porthole that thrawn just climbed out of and then the camera zooms back out and it pulls out past the doorway and there's thrinpo in a hallway thrinpo's investigation is as one would expect of her computer-based. Mm-hmm. She is trying to see what areas of the ship people are being denied access to. Cool. I would like to roll a computer's check to try to get that. Nice. Okay. I think that is average difficulty, but after a certain point, enough intrusion into a computer system with an unfamiliar access code is yes. going to tip someone off, so I'm going to upgrade the difficulty by one. Okay. That makes sense. Nice. I succeed. I simply succeed. Uh, so what do you pull from this? I want there to be... An operations base. Cool. That is like, like a briefing room. Yeah. Like a Star Wars briefing room. And because of Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. I would like it to be like the caboose. Cool. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. She gets that information, and she's kind of close mm-hmm. to the caboose of the train. Not all the way back. She's not in the storage containment units yet, but she's like past the dining car and past all of that, and looks back towards the back part of the train and starts making her way there. So I guess she'll make a stealth check to go relatively unbothered. Cool. I believe this is opposed by the Aqualish's discipline. And if that's their will characteristic, it's their lowest characteristic. One red. A success with two threats. Which is the most interesting Edge of the Empire role ever. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. So she is not noticed by them. What happens to her? I think she accidentally knocks over a serving droid. This is very Mithrin Pephorian. She knocks over a serving droid accidentally and it's carrying you a platter of drinks. Loser. And that causes a fleet of mouse droids to swarm in that direction to clean it up. And it's attracting a little bit of heat or more heat than she thought, even though she was stealthy. So a bunch of little droids start swarming around and trying to clean up. Thrinpo's eyes widen. She writes the tray, kneels down, and starts gathering the food as well, and starts adjusting the droids as quickly as she possibly can, trying to get them out of the scene as quickly as possible so Mm -hmm. that there isn't this much of a commotion. I think you grab the back of one of the mouse droids and you pick it up and it's real cute and the wheels are still going, and you try to get in there and you try to have the mouse droid broadcast a signal that this is cleaned up, no one else needs to come in this direction. Yes, that is what I am doing. Mechanically, that is a computers? Yes. Okay. And I think that is average difficulty with a setback because you're trying to work very quickly and you're stressed out. Yes. 
Just a wash. Just a wash. So you don't succeed. No. The little mouse droid is still being like, and its wheels are still turning. And you know that you've got to get in there, gather the information, get out as quickly as possible, because at this point, people are going to be heading to this location. I duck outside the train. Cool. So you're climbing out the outside of it. Mm -hmm. The air is rushing past. Mm -hmm. It's lovely outside, though. And your hair is like blowing in the the wind. Yeah, my bangs are being pushed back and blowing. It's beautiful. There's like a bunch of islands and palm trees, space dolphins jumping and like... People are playing. Yeah. There's like cute little kids in like swimsuits and stuff like that and the little aqua rings, floaties. Uh, It's nice. Thrinpo is eyes wide, clutched to the side of the thing, Mm -hmm. cautiously crawling across the vehicle. Uh She has to crawl across one thing and is then going to try to reconnect i guess she could look in in the side she'll do that first she will look into the porthole i would say either coordination or athletics i mean you can spend a destiny if you want i would love to and we're on average hey it's the same pool bro wow Complete wash. So you can't. Usually in D&D when you're climbing and it's like a flat, neither failure nor success, you don't get any farther. So I would say that you don't fall, right? but you also can't quite make it down there to hang upside down and look in the porthole. She frowns and, you know, she tries to lean over and it goes too fast Mm -hmm. and she pulls back Mm -hmm. and starts breathing heavily Mm -hmm. and starts to reassess. She does spot a vent. She goes into the vent. Okay, Ezra Bridger. Coordination or skullduggery? Do you have training in that? Yes. Uh You're skullduggering around. I'm quite adept at skullduggery, actually. What's the check? Average. Okay. She sees a vent. Her eyes alight. Mm -hmm. And she pulls a spanner out Mm -hmm. of a pouch and grabs up and desperately... Okay, I'll give you a boost because you definitely have the right tools for this job. You have a lockpick set. Yes. uh, Which we established before, so yeah. It's on my sheet. (sighs) Nice. Yes, there we go. Way to go. Good job, Thrimpo. Two successes and... One advantage. One advantage. So I say that you get yourself into the vent, and your advantage is that you can position yourself in a good hearing place directly above where the aqualish are. Perfect. The red squint through the little vents. Mm -hmm. Um, Several aqualish are going around. And like, so what the camera does is follows Thrinpo where the vent is, and then like turns around and then zooms out through the vent so you can just see the two little uh, red eyes up there. And then the camera travels downwards where it finds a bunch of aqualish and what do they have what are they discussing they have a number of hollow maps of different planets so they're the little projector discs yes yeah planets in the region that we're coming up on namadi Iridonia, Neuroan, Gleanson, and Vortex. Mm-hmm. There's also a hollow projection of a... The Great Crystal. Of the Great Crystal. That's like in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. And multiple depictions of the Great Crystal. Mm-hmm. Of Ricotta holding it, of it upon a dais, mm-hmm. and of bat-winged creatures mm-hmm. by it. Yeah. There are also archaeological tools in piles not haphazard piles in like we are prepared to drop this on a planet yeah piles towards the back of the like ready packs basically there we go yeah this appears to be the briefing room for the expedition crew cool so as Thrinpo is watching the activities of these Aqualish slash walrus people, the hollow projector in the corner of the room starts to activate. The lead Aqualish goes in front of it and then kneels down because uh, oh. she's yeah. Dooku's, yeah, she's Dooku's yeah, yeah, yeah. acolyte and she extra. It like has the separatist symbol mm-hmm. and blinks a few times before. And what activates. pops up is a larger than life tall hologram of a Chiss woman. She's extremely haughty looking. She's a haughty hottie, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, she has the glowing red eyes that like everybody expects of Chiss, although you can't really tell because it's a blue it's hologram. It's a blue hologram. But we know they're... Unlike all the Chiss that we've seen so far, she's not as like... They're very... They're boring looking. Yeah. She she ain't. So uh, the thing that's unique about Severance, I think, from the point of view of other Chiss, is that she has long flowing hair. Yeah. That's like... It's not put up. That's not put up. That's not restrained. And she has a tendency to sort of toss it. To whip As she's it. talking and whip it. And What's she doing? She's great. Ah! Um, she's wearing like... She's clearly wearing lipstick, which is another weird <laughs> thing that Chiss don't do. She's got like a dark black high collar thing. And then like a... What's the term for this? It's like a... It's like another... She has a secondary neckline. She has a secondary neckline. She's wearing armor and gloves. She's wearing like a military cut uniform, but it's not a Chiss uniform. Yes. And clipped to her belt, she has a familiar looking cylinder as well. Well, not familiar to Threnpo. No, but familiar to the audience. <laughs> Captain Rotor, report. Commander Tam, everything proceeding as normal. Excellent. Have you managed to narrow down the location of the artifact? Not presently. We have only managed to reduce it to a list of five. Captain. I needn't have to remind you that this train is going to be reaching its destination soon. We need the location of the crystal before the end of this cruise line. Understood. I will withdraw my men and have everyone put on the task. Excellent. I needn't remind you that when you are failing me, you are failing him. Rotor kneels lower. Understood, my lady. Seeing that her words has the intended effect, she sort of crosses her arms. Uh, was there anything unusual out of the ordinary aboard this train? Oh, in point of fact, my lady, there was. Uh, one of the men reported seeing uh, one of your people uh, aboard, too, I believe. Her eyes narrow. One of my people? You mean another separatist operative? N no, my lady. Uh, Triss. She glares. You are not to speak that name in my presence. He lowers his head again. There are just waves of hate emanating from her. Find them and terminate them immediately. He looks up surprised, but then the waves of hate amplify, and he, like, looks blankly at the projector's base. Understood. He starts to put his finger towards the button and then pauses and then looks up again. That will take time away from the task you had previously assigned us to, my lady. At this, there is a... And then the connection winks out. <laughs> Various aquilish around the room, they all look at each other, spooked, and one's like, well, what are I supposed to do? They start arguing back and forth about what the best course of action is. Mm -hmm. The camera goes to the vent mm -hmm. and Thrinpo's illuminated eyes. Homegirl just looks spooked. Yeah. I think it's Morticia lighting. Okay. I love that spotlighting. She's set up in the vents to be able to have it. Mm -hmm. And we have our stupid blue framing those glowy red eyes. Uh-huh. So Thrinpo's shocked eyes in the vents. The lighting gets darker and darker and darker, but the red eyes are still there. And then suddenly it switches and starts getting lighter and lighter and lighter. Once it becomes light to the point where you would see a face, it's Thrawn's face instead of oh. Thrinpo's. Okay, okay, cool. So where's Blue Boy? So Thrawn is standing up on the outside of the train. He has just chased that droid. Well, not chased it. He's just following it. Yes. And the droid it's is... It's not moving super fast. No, but I mean, it's enough that he has to keep up with it. So he's climbing on the outside of the train and trying to follow this droid. And his eyes are glinting. He's never really experienced droids in Chiss space. Chiss do not use droids. He's following it. He's checking his grip and his handholds as he's crawling on the front of the train because he's being very, very cautious because he doesn't know whether or not there'll be tunnels or anything will potentially be there to knock him off. So he's advancing very cautiously and slowly and the droid isn't moving that fast. The camera is low just over his back and we just see his blue hands like 
moving forward. Oh, I want to know. Is his hat staying on? Does it have a strap? Yes. Okay. It has a strap. Okay. So the droid, which has been like... Yep. Moseying along, suddenly stops, looks up, seems contemplative, and then moves up atop the train. So Thrawn, having lost sight of the droid, needs to now climb on the outside of the train instead of just along the side of it, which is where he was. Mm -hmm. So I guess he makes an athletics check. Yep. There's a ladder just a little bit up. So oh, it's, easy. Yeah. Follows the little guy. Mm -hmm. I got a success and two advantages. Okay. What are your advantages on climbing a ladder up onto a roof? I think the sea breeze is nice. Oh, uh, So that removes one of my strain because he's enjoying this. Okay. Thrawn also isn't accustomed to tropical climates, obviously, because he's used to dealing with Scylla. Yeah. And so that's nice for him. And then the rest of my advantage is Thrawn takes a second to just sort of check his surroundings mm -hmm. while he's up there. And he does a little bit of a, like, looking at the terrain, the environment around him, what's on the top of the train in case he needs to, like, make a... Because Thrawn would always, when he enters a new environment, make a sweep. You're using the other one to take the time to make a perception check? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, average, I assume? Yep. What a perspicacious boy. Oh my god. Yeezy peasy. But I don't think I make it. I do make a triumph, though. Yeah, because it's three failures, and that's three failures. Three advantages and a triumph, but no success. Wow. Okay. That's perfect for me. Okay. I'll let you bank it, then. Well, I know what I needed you to not... See? See. You're distracted by someone being on the roof. Okay. But I want to know what your advantages on this are. Thrawn takes the time to pull out some rope and some tools, mm -hmm. just in case he needs to tie himself to the train in order to, like, jump off it after the droid. So he's taking his rope out, and he's taking some of his... He's unpacking his utility. His utility kit. Kit, basically. Okay. Is that the triumph? Yeah. Okie doke. Up on the roof. There's a person that we haven't seen yet. Mm -hmm. uh, she's a chiss. She has a slight build. She's like 5'4", is very unchissly dressed. She is wearing white tuxedo pants with a yellow stripe. She is wearing a floral vest covered in aesir flowers. She is wearing a flowy white shirt that is blowing in the breeze. Her blue-black hair is pushed back from her face and similarly blowing. She has white gloves on her hands and is holding and swinging about a cane that is made to look like an aesir flower. Which is extremely impressive because we're on a moving train right now. Mm -hmm. She has an ascot that <laughs> is like white and faded to green and is tied in a very complex way. It kind of looks like a leaf. That Yeah, it's like, it's very floral. Yeah. Um, and she has a monocle that is like on a chain, mm -hmm. but it's got that blue Star Wars-y glow. Uh-huh. So you know it's like a hologram it, You know thing. that's something, yeah. It's a visor of some kind. Yeah. Right. She is not paying attention to Thrawn at all, leaned over at the waist and talking to the droid mm -hmm. that is like spinning around happily and mm -hmm. bleeping to her. Thrawn sees both of this and we go into Thrawn vision and there's a highlight around the droid. The same color that he had had it before. And then he sees this vision, basically, and several lines come from it. One is a line to the being's hair. One is a line to the monocle. One is a line to the Acer flower. And when a line is drawn to the Acer flower, there's like a flashing highlight, basically. One is a line to the cane. And then another is there's a box being drawn around the face conversing with the droid. And that causes another flashy thing. And then the Thrawn vision, we see like basically like an alert, like beep, 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 beep. <laughs> where he like it's clear that he's like very confused by this and he just he just stands motionless and like takes all of this in on one of the droids spinning passes on its report its eye passes by thrawn and it pauses and chirps to chaffer nasir 
she quirks an eyebrow at it or a pad. They have pads. Yep. They have both. She smirks and puts down her cane and slowly stands to attention and then turns her head towards their guest. Thrawn, as if the spell is suddenly broken, composes himself, shakes, resets himself to stiff military posture, and walks. Once he hits, like, he's walking with purpose towards them. Once he hits the halfway point on the train, mm-hmm. Chaffra Nasir swings her cane out in, like, a broad motion. Very theatrical yeah. and dumb. Yeah. And grins wide. Yeah. And says, in the name of all who serve the Chiss, I greet you, Thrawn. When she says Thrawn, the camera zooms in on Thrawn's face and he like, there's like a tick, but then he resets his expression. And with great effort, he says, I accept your greeting and greet you in return, Chaffrin. No, 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 no. (laughs) Please call me Frenna. His eye twitches again and he sighs and says, Frenna, do you guarantee my safety? He says with like a tilt up on safety. And the safety of your crew? At this, like, Thrawn's nostrils flare, and, like, he's at peak whisper purr here, and he says, And the safety of my crew. I guarantee your safety with my life and the lives of those in my command. She taps her cane upon her the droid, droid, yeah. who does a little purr. And then she does a very theatrical bow and steps forward. Enter in peace and with trust. Thrawn pauses, and then, after a very long moment, bows. And he's just quietly observing all of this. Uh, I guess I'll make a perception check. Yeah. Uh, difficulty. For what? Thrawn bullshit, body language, facial expression, all that. I mean, are you trying to understand what she wants right now? And you're rolling against her charm. We don't need to roll it. I'll tell you what he should be looking for. You unless can do it. You want to do it? Okay. I mean, this is... Unless it's like... You can tell me what he's looking for, and I'll just so tell you... So Thrawn what... is blue screening right now, and Thrawn vision is going crazy, and he's just trying to figure anything out this is cute just yeah. describe it so the ceremony has been completed mm-hmm. and thrawn doesn't take a he doesn't step any farther mm-hmm. closer to her and thrawn vision goes in and we saw like six or seven lines coming out of chaffronisir before for thrawn vision and now there's like Frenna, please chaffronisir coming out before and now each one of those lines has more branching lines coming out of it and they're just more flashing lights and more questions thrawn's field of vision is just starting to overload with input he kind of shakes his head a little bit he resets his posture from the bow that he just did and says what is the purpose of this display it's a welcoming ceremony as he like continues to stare yeah she gestures at the train and then at the expanse of the sky i'm welcoming you to the field of play at this thrawn's eyes brighten a little bit but of course you would not have sent me such an obvious invitation otherwise well yeah what is your goal here Mm, i mean why don't you tell me at this, he smiles a little bit, and he stands straight up, and he tilts his head towards her and says, As you say, it is a game. Your attire, your mannerisms, your reliance on technology foreign to that of our people is intended to provoke an emotional response on my part and add an element <laughs> of theatricality to the situation. This has nothing to do with you. She walks smoothly past them. This has plenty to do with Scylla, but nothing to do with you. Thrawn is... When she says this has nothing to do with you, he falls silent. With her back to him, she puts her cane down on on the train and sighs. Plus, Severance is a real pill. Thrawn just nods. She looks back at him and quirks a brow. You're being pretty quiet. Merely gathering data. And? Thrawn smiles slightly and says, 
I am unprepared to reveal my calculations at this time. She squints. Does it usually take you so long? I'd heard good things about the great Inspector Thrawn. Merely savoring the moment. You know, I'm surprised we've never run into each other before. As am I. With the more rapid response, she turns again and starts to walk in closer, and nods to her droid, who, like, moves back towards where she is. You're a big art collector, right? I've never seen you at any of the larger auctions. Like that Sabosin one a bit back. You were supposed to be at that, but your brother was. An unfortunate circumstance. Sadly, my lieutenant had taken ill, and I was forced to cover for her. She shrugs a big shruggity shrug as she passes by him, back into the direction that she had originally appeared. Well, your brother performed admirably. I was miffed when he won the supply bobble for the house, but... And she pulls it out of her. She has it attached to, like, a... A ring? Or, like, a, a chain? A chain, yeah. yeah. She takes and starts swinging it around. Your guy's security is pretty awful, turns out. Thrawn's eyes travel to the supplier's bobble and then travel down to Frina and says, I cannot disagree. She pouts and squints at him and leans in pretty far into his face and puts it back into her pocket and then pulls out five other gems. At this, Thrawn's shoulders slump and then he resets his posture to military gate, basically, walks towards her. It's only like one step. She's very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to use a Supreme Speaks binary action to have my droid do something on a skullduggery check. Is this targeting Thrawn? Mm -hmm. Okay, then you were opposed by his... I'd say his vigilance here, right? Sure. So that's just too purple because he's a he's a little boy right now. He's just a little baby. He's boy. a little man. I'm taking a blue on this. I am distracting him and have turned his facing away. Yep. Dang! Just it's advantages, but she fails, right? Right. So, so he definitely notices. What's happening is that the droid is sneaking over to where Thrawn was setting up the stuff for himself and checking out all of those things. Mm -hmm. And then is starting to tie the rope to a part of the train. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's all it's doing. Oh, and it like got rid of some of the other tools. And by got rid of, I mean like put it inside of a component inside of the droid. Hidden storage component. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thrawn does notice this, but he continues taking his step towards Frenna, who's like sort of yeah. flashing the jewels. And when he sees that she's flashing five more of them, he like gets a little deflated. And then he resets his posture again to a prim and proper Chiss warrior's military posture, takes out binders, and he steps towards her and he says, In the name of the Chiss Ascendancy, I, Commander Mithron Nuruodo, arrest you for crimes against our people. I truly regret this turn of events. Surrender quietly, and I will plead your case in front of the aristocra myself. At that, Frina puts the gems away, stands up straight, smiles very sweetly, and says, No. Thrawn turns around and looks at the droid, then looks at Frina, takes another step towards her. He puts the binders back in his pocket. Mm -hmm. He looks at her and he studies her face for several long moments and says quietly, almost to himself, You truly believe this is the best course of action. She stops smiling like a jerk. Yeah. Makes firm eye contact and says, I'll do what I must for our people. Thrawn's eyes glow, as will I. She makes a skullduggery check. There we go. Triumph. A triumph, four successes, and two threats. Mm -hmm. 
She's pickpocketing the binders. Mm -hmm. What are my threats? I think your threats are some hand movements Thrawn makes on his own. Okay. He's doing that before she's cuffing him. Yes. So they're glaring at each other. Then she smiles, laughs, and he's not, they don't laugh a lot. He kind of like pulls back while she laughs. And when he does, she quickly spins around him, does a little twirly spin and when she's comes back around to face him again, he is cuffed behind his back. Mm -hmm. And then the droid attaches the rope mm -hmm. that it's been tying to the other thing and starts pulling him across mm -hmm. the the length of the train. So he is the net result is that he's tied to the top of the train. Yes, he is like knocked onto his back and pulled the length of the train and he is put very near the front of the car of that car. And then what? She like slowly walks up to where he is twirling her cane. Are you familiar with the term resisting arrest? His eyes glitter. His head comes down, and then when it comes back up, he says, I regret that your house and your teachers have failed you in this way. And he looks very, very sad. She, <laughs> her emotions play so easily on her face. They're yeah. far too expressive for a chiss. Yeah. She doesn't like that one. Her eyes grow pretty cold, and she kneels near him and adjusts his hat, which has been knocked all askew. It's not my teachers. It's the aristocra as a whole. There are some problems there. Enjoy the swim, Thrawn. See you soon. The camera pulls back and reveals that a tunnel yes, is coming, is coming up. up. We get a bunch of very fast tension as the train is about to make a dive, a mm -hmm. submarine dive. Yeah. Frina is heading inside. She, like, talks to the droid, and the droid starts heading off mm -hmm. into the distance yeah. across the water. The droid heads off in that bearing. We see Thrawn's head turn and follow that heading. And then as Frina is leaving... He says, like, almost to himself, you guaranteed the safety of myself and my crew. <laughs> uh, she pauses while climbing down the ladder and comes and pops her head back up, reaches over to boop him and says, water can't hurt the handsome silly, and then goes and climbs back into the train. We see the train rushing towards the water. We see Thrawn's hair blowing in the wind because he's above a rushing train. He looks beautiful. <laughs> and the close military cut at this point, the strands are like falling away and some of it's falling down in front of his face. The camera pans backwards towards his blue hands and we see his thumb make a movement. Mm -hmm. And then the camera pans back up to Thrawn's face and zooms in on his lips. And he says, Mithrin Pephorian. There has been a change of plans. The camera pulls back and we see the threatening water rising. The water level's rising. And as the water level rises... Lynn's hand enters the scene uh -huh. and she puts down the bottle of Wyron's Reserve and the levels of the booze in the bottle are vastly different than what we saw them before. They are now at half. Yeah. And then the table pulls back and we see our two heroes in a state pretty much. Like they're leaning back. Tap has like one hand out of the window and is like playing in the water that's going by uh lynn has an arm slung back against her chair one hand fiddling with the sleeve of her jacket the other is running over the brim of a tuxedo pocket uh-huh both of them are quiet at this point tap is sort of staring off into space and like lynn is also quiet which is good because the other dining car members are like absolutely scandalized because i think they figured out this was a byob situation because the really fancy nice dining car is not going to 
administer them half a bottle of the most expensive whiskey they can imagine. I imagine there's like a Toydarian couple that's like nearby and they're like flapping their wings like really annoyed and they're in harnesses because I imagine Toydarians have their own special things that are like suspended oh, from the ceiling. Like, that and they're comfortable sit, to sit that in. are comfortable. I imagine them as like kind of like those swings for babies or toddlers that you can like sure, sit in. Sure. And so they're just like flapping and they're just like shooting dirty glances, making it clear that like they think they selected the wrong table for this evening. Well, la di da. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and in the midst of that, <laughs> Cap is just like laughing and staring into space. <laughs> Chip, Laura. Dr. Laroon? Maybe tone it, tone it back a bit? I'm toned. I'm toned. At this point, the train has, like, gone up a little bit, and he can't quite reach the water. So he's, like, leaning out of the window a little bit, trying to reach the water. He looks down and sees, like, how far above the water they are. He, he sort of... Spooked. He gets spooked, and then he, like, sits, sits down in his chair a little bit. Lynn had been going for the bottle mm-hmm. to move it away from him, but then notices that he is spooked himself into a state of some... Slightly more sober. Yes, and removes her hand and goes back to zoning. Cap at this point, he's in a seated position with like, they've eaten pretty well. So his belly is like a little distended from the meal that they've had. And he's like seated back, but he's a little more sober now, having just scared himself. He sits up and he looks directly at Lynn and he says, Lynn, tell we didn't finish our conversation. Lynn removes the hand that's been like fiddling with her Mm -hmm. jacket pocket and looks nervous. Mm -hmm. We still haven't figured out where this is and what direction we should be going. It's extremely unlikely it would be on this train, and it's even more unlikely that it would be elsewhere in this pleasure cruise. We need a vector. Tension noticeably releases, Mm -hmm. and she pulls a notebook out of her pocket, puts it on the table, and opens it. Oh. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um... So I wouldn't discount trains. The only reason it would be on this train is if someone had already found it. Your logic? Uh, well... A lot of people pass through this train all the time, which makes it probably not a good place to hide something extremely valuable. Oh, you mean the thing itself? Yeah. Definitely. It's not here yet. Oh, okay, good. He relaxes a little bit more in his chair. But where is it then? Well, that's what, uh, probably... Well, if I were a betting woman, I would say... I've seen you play Pazic. It's a good thing you're not. (laughs) It's on Isaac. Iridonia, Vortex, Gliantum, or Neuron. Why? Well, uh... What's Neuron? It's one of the old planets of the Rakuten Empire. Oh, but there's like a million of those. Yes, but those are the ones that we'll be crossing by shortly. So it makes sense to eliminate the ones that are not Rakuten Throne Worlds. Yes. Furthermore, those are the ones that they had gates built on, which crosses over with my personal line of work, which... I imagine is the only reason that we're here, right? I mean, who knows why this benefactor is calling us otherwise. Maybe it, they thought we deserved a vacation. <laughs> uh, that doesn't seem likely. And we know it's not the Dean. Dr. Laroon. Don't call me Dr. Laroon, Tap. Please. Lintel, do you think the person who sent us those tickets means us harb? And then his gaze fixes on Lynn and he says, Do you have the letter with you? Uh, Yeah. Uh, She reaches into her tuxedo pocket and pulls it out. And with it, the letter from Omen falls out of her pocket, too. Tap looks at both of them, and he reaches for the Omen one. (laughs) (laughs) Lynn whaps his hand sharply, grabs the Omen letter, and stuffs it back into her tuxedo pocket. Oops, says Tap, giggling. She glares. Tap 
picks up the letter from uh, the mysterious benefactor and spreads it out on the table. And while they're peering directly over it, suddenly the whole compartment goes dark. Uh, As the train... The train submerges and passes through a tunnel and taps us. It's too dark in this train compartment. I need a glow rod. He presses the button and calls for the waiter. And on the comm, bleep, 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 into the comm, he says, Waiter, could you bring me a glow rod, please? There's the blink, 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 blink. Then a manicured nail turns it off. And instead of a glow rod, a brass fixture is placed upon the table that has several lit candles beautifully ensconced. <sighs> They're all blue. Mm-hmm. They're like a pale baby blue. And they light up a pair of glowing red eyes and a rather sweet smile. Tap isn't looking at the glowing red eyes. He's looking directly at the candle. Waiter, you have grossly misread the vibe of this situation. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. What was it that you needed? He says, a glow rod, distractedly. And then he turns and looks. And in the dim light, he sees the piercing red glowing eyes lit against the flickering candlelight. And someone who is not a waiter, but Shafrin is here. Ah, um, who? Dr. Laroon, are you seeing this? Lynn is. Tap. Okay, here's what happens. Yeah. He says, are you seeing this? And then he looks over at Lynn, who's also, like, very aware of what's going on, and he immediately reaches for the bottle, looks at it, and then says, I must have had more of this than I thought. Lynn's looking at the newcomer, but the newcomer's pretty, so there's that. So Tap, looking at the bottle, he's examining the Wyron's reserve, yeah. and then he puts it down, and then he says, Lintel! Lintel, and then he looks at Lintel's expression, mm-hmm. and then he looks at the newcomer, and then he looks at Lintel's expression again, and he says quietly to himself, oh no. <laughs> I can see if we have any glow rods around, but it's going to be kind of hard to see. Things are pretty dark until we come out of the tunnel. Tap just folds his arms sourly, looks at Lintel again, then looks at the newcomer and says, who are you and what do you want? Frina claps a hand and... A second floating... Floral droid. Yeah, floral droid. This one made to look like an Acer flower. Bloops into the scene, comes by their table, and gives her a place to sit. And she perches on it. She smiles very winningly at, at you, Tap. Very astute, Professor. I'm Chaffron Asir, the person who wrote that missive. Tap looks down at the floral print bordering the letter. He looks at the droid, and then he looks at the vest with the Acer flowers all over. And then he says, It's very clear. And then he says, Of course you are. (laughs) And she looks over at Lynn and. Who basically has little hearts coming out of her eyes at this point? Not good. It's not good. And I was very much hoping for your help. That snaps Lynn out of it. Oh, uh, you're. It looked like you were issuing a challenge. Welcome back, Dr. Laroon. Frina props her chin up on the table after resting her cane on it, like on both of her hands. Well, you're here. I guess I can consider the challenge accepted. Tap like grunts derisively, looks at Lintel again. Be careful, Dr. Laroon. Five. Just, and then his face softens a little bit and he says, be careful. Frina smiles at them both and says, we're all going to have to be very careful. I mentioned in my missive that Severance Town is already launching an expedition in search for the relic. What can you tell us about her? Well, she is exceptionally dangerous. <laughs> that we already know. She works for a man that I would rather never cross paths with. 
And she's been on this project for quite a while and is already on her way to um, recover it. However, is missing one piece of the puzzle, I believe, one crucial piece that I think the two of you will be instrumental in helping us decipher and obfuscate. Tap turns to Lynn. Lintel, this is a negotiation. <laughs> uh, and I don't want a repeat of what happened the last time we were up for our salary increase. As that, her face just sours. She acknowledges what happened last time during the salary increase negotiation, and she leans back and folds her arms. At this gesture, Tap nods approvingly, and then turns to Frenna and says, What my colleague means is, what's in it for us? <laughs> Good job. Good job, Tap Chira. Yeah! Someone's got to look out for your dumb ass. But the artifact, though. But we want it. We yeah. should just go get it, right? <laughs> I like your style, Dr. Chira. What are you interested in? This, like, rocks Tap because he hadn't really thought about it. And then he sort of looks down at his hands, and then he looks up at the sky, and he says, Economic independence. <laughs> Uh, she leans across the table and grabs the bottle uh-huh. and snaps, and her droid gives her a glass. She pours herself out some whiskey. Isn't that what we all want? I was thinking more, uh, the chance to help defend your republic from those who would harm it. Tap's expression grows a little more serious. Patriotism is its own reward. She looks around and gets the impression that that's not enough. Her eyes narrow slightly. I can pay you an in information. Tap's eyes light up, and then he quickly tries to hide it and says, um... Lynn reaches over the table and covers your mouth. Yeah. And then she puts a hand on the paper and then holds it up. Paper isn't a common thing in our Republic. Frina, like, leans back slightly. It's a specific type of archiving tool here. Have you heard of the Expeditionary Library? And Frina tries to keep a straight face. Yeah, so we're gonna roll an opposed. We're gonna roll an opposed. Cool. Ah, yeah. So Lynn penetrates. Yes, Lynn wins. Three successes and a threat. Cool. So Frina's expression carefully blanks, and she, like, withdraws slightly. What do we think? Does it just glaze? Yeah. Her eyes dim. Her eyes dim. They physically dim. They dim. And Lynn surges forward and grabs Tap's hand. Ha! It's real! (laughs) Tap, like... Is his mouth still covered with the other hand? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so he, one of his hands is currently grabbed by Lynn. With the other hand, he like gently moves <laughs> Lynn's hands down and he says, Unless you can prevent forced administrative leave, this will do. <laughs> Lynn recovers his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and she points at Frina. Chiss! We want to know where the library is. That's the only thing that could be adequate payment for us. We are trying to archive material. We've been trying to do this for years. My people are in a in a terrible war zone. We're constantly being enslaved. We have a great deal of paper that we need to store. We know that your people have been doing this for years. We know you're very secretive. We don't care about any of that. All we care about is the library. Just getting increasingly head up. And Frina, like, is staying very, very blank. 
and withdrawn Mm -hmm. and not really engaging. I think that's our threat. Absolutely. Seeing Lin's expression, Mm -hmm. and he's very excited himself about this prospect. This is something they've talked about since they were like teenagers, basically, since they were little kids. He pours Lin a glass of water uh, (laughs) and then sets it down in front of her. And then he grabs his own drink and then turns to Frenna and says, so do we have a deal? (laughs) Chiss space has been protected a very long time. She looks back and forth between the two very pointed stares. But cultural exchange is important. Before I agree to anything, I suppose you should know the full story. Tap pours her more of the drink. <laughs> she downs it in one go. Tap's eyes widen. <laughs> Lynn smiles. Mm-hmm. Frina puts a, whatchamacallit? A hollow? Yes, on the table. It's one of those discs that projects things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Severance is operating with a team of Aqualish mercenaries led by this man, Captain Mobayan Roder, and she brings him up. He has narrowed all of the possible planets down to the following, Iridonia, Namadi, Neroin, Glee Ansem, and Vortex. Tap, like, tries not to, to, react. to react, but obviously does, and then looks directly at Lin, realizes he probably shouldn't be looking at Lin, and then looks into the, out the window. Lin rolls her eyes. Frina looks at both of them. She then swipes to a thing. They have also been collecting several pieces of art, and she pulls up one of the builders, one of the stone, and one of the stone with these bat-like creatures Mm -hmm. surrounding it. They have all of this collected in a briefing room at the caboose of this train currently. Tap starts and says, "Are, are we safe here? Oh, absolutely not. He looks left and he looks right, and then he puts his hand under the table and starts, like, nervously trying to find his equalizer. Lynn touches her foot to his foot. Oh! But I'm not so much worried about them. I'm mostly worried about Severance herself. She is one of my people who has left Chiss space and is very, very dangerous and is currently in a control tower. She points out where it would be out the <laughs> window, but we are still underwater. At the center of level B. And will be personally targeting me. Very, very dangerous. You seem so nice. Oh, thank you. And thank you for the tickets. It's my pleasure. A lovely ship, is it not? Indeed. And it flies itself, Tap says in relief. Tap, stay on target. (laughs) Furthermore, there are two other Chiss that are after the relic. What do you want us to do if we encounter them? They're mostly harmless. I'm simply telling you as... I am trying to be entirely transparent. It's appreciated. Lynn looks at Tap, like, pointedly, and looks at Frina with a little bit of suspicion. Tap, this is true. Oh, completely over <laughs> Completely over Tap's head. Wonderful. Is there anything else you need from me? How do we contact you? Tap makes a noise in the back of his throat. <clears throat> <laughs> Frina puts one elbow on the table, leaning, like, over to block tap off to just smile at Lynn and pulls out two flowery looking communicators. Oh, that's so cute. And hands them to her. This should do it. Tap grabs them out of Lynn's hand and puts them in his pocket. <laughs> Lynn, like, looks up at the ceiling to think it through. Mm-hmm. I think we're good then for now. We'll be in touch. Exquisite. And uh, I'm going to flip a dark side to a light side. Well, no, it would be light side to dark side because it's happening to Frina, isn't it? 
You're right. There's a commotion in the hallway. Frina's eyes widen slightly, and then she turns back to smile at Lynn and leans and touches her face and says, Oh, one last thing. It better be. And then three Aqualish mercenaries bust into the dining car. Can one of them have a hook? Of course one has a hook. Okay, thank you. And they're all wearing red stripy shirts. Ah! Um, like, they just bust into the thing. A bunch of the passengers go, Yeah. Well, I never. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, the camera goes to the leader of this group of three, who instantly narrows in on Frina and goes, Get her! You know, and Frina goes, Stop them! And grabs onto her droid, who starts scooting away. And and just rides the droid out of the, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. We see Frina riding her droid, and as she passes out of the frame, what trails behind her is this sort of watery, dark scenario. The camera zooms in on Mithran Nuruodo, who is sort of, bubbles are coming out, and he's not like gagged or anything like that. He's just sort of floating with his eyes closed, and then suddenly they open. And when they open, I'm going to make a stroke of genius check in order to try to get my uniform off. Uh... Pranks. That's why I didn't. Pranks, no! (laughs) No! Pranks, why? (laughs) Fuck you! And I'm going to flip a dark to light. Sure. Okay, so four successes and two threat. Okay. The two threat is that his jacket basically Thrawn... You don't get it back. I don't want it back. Okay. I don't want it back. Thrawn wants it back. I don't want it back. So Thrawn basically wriggles out of the binders by the binders are actually attached to his sleeves. And so he wriggles out and we see a shot of the jacket just floating away. And we see underneath the jacket, Thrawn is wearing a tank top. I hate you. And the camera zooms in on Thrawn and his tank top, and we can see I that his, his muscles are visible. They're not quite as bulgy as... No, no, he's like... He's like live. He has like a swimmer's build swimmer's right now. Swimmer's build right now. And speaking of not swimmer's... Punch boy yet. S- speaking of a swimmer's build, um, Thrawn now has his hands free. Yep. And he reaches into his pocket. But he's, is he still tied to the thing? No, he's not. No, he's not. Dangerous, dangerous. What? Well, the speed of the The, the train. train, right. In one smooth motion, he's now free of the binders. Right. His jacket is floating away, and underwater, we can see his hair, like, sort of doing the thing that... That hair does. That hair does underwater. And he's starting to float away from the train. Mm -hmm. So he's going to try to hook his feet into... So he was... She had tied him up to an area that had, like... Handholds. Yeah. Yeah. Like a a place to tie rope. So it's one of those crossbar things. Yeah. So you can put your feet in those. Yeah. So he puts his feet in those, and then he reaches into his pockets, and he takes out a rebreather. Mm -hmm. and then puts that on his mouth and he takes a few breaths in and makes a perception check to see what's around him that he can use cool darkness which would provide a setback but he's chiss so he removes it so he removes it yep so that's three successes and a threat okay it's cool down here like it's dark but it's it's not so dark because like we've been calling it a tunnel and i guess but you can still see light from up above Mm -hmm. and like Humans wouldn't do well down here. There are also train lights. Yes. There's bunches of stuff. Yeah. And there are fish and things. Bioluminescent provide... fish? Yes. Yeah. And humans wouldn't be doing well with the pressure change, but mm-hmm. chis are superior. They're adapted to more extreme conditions. Um, and as Thrawn sees all this, he thinks to himself, humans would not be <laughs> able to survive down here. But Specifically humans. Yeah. He's like, I don't know many aliens to feel superior.
superior to. But I have but, seen but I'm humans. I'm going to pick humans. I have seen humans and do feel <laughs> superior to them. And he identifies a way back into the train that's close. Mm-hmm. There are these like portholes on top. Yes, they're all locked, obviously, because you're currently underwater. But these have overrides. But they're all Mm computer-based. So if he could do the computer's check necessary, he could do that without anything else. Hindering him. Everything else around, like the vents and stuff, would require something physically prying them open. But there is a manual override outside. Yes, the computer has a manual override outside for something like this. It's just, it's still a difficult check because, man, does this boy not know basic. He doesn't know basic. But I'm going to use my know-it-all skill to importantly recall, perfectly recall an important fact as if a destiny point had been spent. And remember all that time I spent watching the porters do all of their computers checks on the train just before we boarded it? I do remember that. And I was annoying the crap out of my lieutenant while I did it? Yes. I think that will allow Thrawn to learn the basic for open. Oh, perfect. That's great. That's actually perfect. Good job, Thrawn. You jerk. So Thrawn swims over to the panel. Mm -hmm. He looks at it and there's a bunch of, to the audience, we can see what he sees. And there's a bunch of just like gibberish and stuff like that. And then in English, because movie. uh, In Orbesh. No, because most of our fans aren't going to know Orbesh. Fine. In English. In High Galactic. In High Galactic, the word open appears. And we can see Thrawn vision like zero in on that. He presses the panel and with a... Mm-hmm. The top of the porthole opens. Thrawn leaps up and then leaps, does a perfect swan dive into Gross! the portal. I hate this. And then the portal this shuts behind sucks. them. <laughs> this is the best movie ever made. This movie might be the greatest human achievement. <laughs> no. Well, the greatest chase achievement. Ah, okay. It does the thing where it closes on him and it releases like a bubble of water into yeah. the train into like a storage compartment. Yeah. So he's in there now. He's in there now and it's a storage compartment. I'm going to flip a destiny point. Okay. And there are fresh uniforms there. Well, that solves our problem. I'm sorry, Kat. Did you want to be wearing a tank top the whole time? No, that solves our problem. Yeah. Are they different uniforms? Yeah, they're for like, they're spare uniforms for all this stuff. A waiter uniform. Fine, Franks. What's this one look like? Um, you know, I'll let you describe this one. I don't I, want to. You are have you sure? To. Yeah, he's you your fucking character. You don't want to talk about what Thrawn's wearing. I don't wearing? want to do this. Huh? You. Oh. Okay, so um, I think that it's like a Mater D's outfit. Uh-huh. So it is like a tux, kinda. Okay. And it has tails. Uh huh. And I think it's mostly black with yellow highlighting. Okay. It's like the head weight, and it's a humanoid outfit. And so Thrawn, we see him change into this outfit, and then he grabs one of the silver platters, and then he walks out of a door, and the door comes down with a Uh and then when the door comes back up, we see the face of an Aqualish holding a DH-17 pistol, grunting, making noises. He looks into the room, he turns around, he looks left and right, doesn't see anything, then steps out of frame. And then... Right, he was just looking into the room. He was just looking into the room, and then he walks away. And then Mithrin Pephorian drops down into frame, and then the camera follows her as she stands up. Mm-hmm. She's in a ready position, basically. Yeah, she's crouching down, has her data pad, and is desperately trying to slice into the surveillance yeah. of the thing to try to get a read on where all of these Aqualish are. And she keeps... They're still in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. We see her trying on her communicator. She's like, come here. Commander, come in. Where are you? And there's no response. And there's no response. As she I'd says, like to try to make this computer's check. To, cool. I imagine this is going to be very difficult. Yes. 
I'm going to make it hard, okay. and I want to flip one of the points to yeah. dark side in order to make things a little more interesting. Okie doke. Yeesh. Uh, no, that is a failure with one advantage. Okay. The failure is that you obviously can't get into the system. But the advantage is that it doesn't notice me yet. Right, exactly. I don't want it to... I'm not leaving a trace on their system. So that, but... As you're tapping on the keys, I'm going to flip another dark side point to light. Ah. As you're tapping on the keys, your data pad makes a little blink, like mm-hmm. a slight noise. And I want you to make a stealth check to try to get out of the corridor because the camera zooms in and the Oculus has heard like a slight beep sure. in the door he was just in. That makes sense. Okay. Oh, I'm not particularly stealthy. Let's see how this goes. What is the difficulty? They have no perception. It's just too purple. No, failure with two advantages. So it goes blink. Thrinpo freezes, mm-hmm. looks up and around, but doesn't see anyone. But her heart rate starts to pick up. And she looks around at all of what's available to her and sees this residential cabin and notices that there's like this smaller room inside of the residential cabin and goes into the fresher. She goes into the fresher and steps out of frame. The camera pans back into the doorway to the residential cabin. And we see that same Aqualish sort of menacingly brandishing his blaster pistol. He looks left, he looks right, and then he walks into the room, checks the porthole, doesn't see anything. He checks the closet very slowly, and then suddenly he turns towards the little corridor that leads to the refresher station. His tusks quiver a little bit, and he walks and he steps into the refresher. Okay. I want to quickly, yes, I was hiding behind the door. Uh I want to jump out and turn on the water to hot, full blast. Okay. How do I do this? Uh, So I will let you make a... Gosh, would it be agility? She's not good at this. I want you to do... She's a nerd. (laughs) I want you to do skullduggery. Oh, skullduggery. Yeah. That's right. I forget that she's Ezra Bridger. Yeah. (laughs) Just a nerd. So what's the check difficulty? Uh, I think this is just average. Okay. Because you're just turning on a hot shower. Yes. A scaldingly hot shower. A scaldingly hot shower. Tramps. Please. Ah! Yes. Oh my. Yes. So that's <laughs> one threat, three successes, and a triumph. Okay. So this goes off without a hitch. He is basically like and he's you successfully like sprayed him with scalding hot water. I'm going to say the triumph is that you're able to like brain him with the shower head. Yes. And good. so he's conked out. <laughs> And yeah, so, I mean, he's a minion, so I'm taking him out with you're this. You're just taking him out with this. The threat is that you can hear there's more activity out there and there might be more Aqualish in the hallway. Oh. And your triumph is, uh, like, you have time to, you have a little bit of time to time decide to... what to do. Okay. I bring up my map readout of the area. Mm-hmm. Are there anything other than residential pods in this area? So right next to your, the residential area is the kitchen. It's where a lot of the meals Perfect. that are not the dining room, like fancy meals yep, are. Yep. So That's, that yeah. gives me a lot to work with. Yes. Thrinpo, as Ezra Bridger will do, takes to the vents and heads to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I think every time we take out groups, now that we're all doing this, we seem transition to whoever's slapsticking the next group of, yeah? Yeah. So we went from... Thrawn to Thrinpo. Thrawn to Thrinpo. And now it's it's the kids. It's the kids, yeah. Yeah. With as much dignity as he can muster, Mm -hmm. which isn't much because Tap is a... He's a funny dude. He's a little bumbly, bumbly dude. He stands up, straightens his suit, and then turns to Dr. Laroon and says, Lintel. 
field work. And she is already moving. Lynn has stood up, grabbed her chair, removed the jacket, and thrown the chair at one of the incoming cool. Aqualish. Um, make a brawl check. Yes, absolutely. This is just average. Yep. <laughs> Damn, Dr. Laroon. That's what she do. Nice. <laughs> four successes and a threat. You got three successes. I'm going to say that's enough to like... Four successes, Four please. successes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely enough to brain one of the Aqualish. The problem is that the chair splinters. Yes. And cuts off one of your escape routes out of the... That's great. Not only does it do that, not only can we no longer use the main door. Yeah. Because like she just threw this chair. It completely splinters. We now have screaming, frantically moving... Passengers. Passengers. Yeah. Who are, like, blocking a lot of our, you know? Yeah. They might even be running to block the other exit. Yeah, yeah. You know, we are in a contained, frantic area. So I'm going to say there were five Aqualish thugs, and you just took out one of them. Tap's turn. Okay. Tap is, like, watching this go down. Oh, Lintel! And then he sees Lin throw the chair, and he, like, gives, like, a woo. He goes, like, woo! when the chair splinters. Oh, no. And then he turns around and he's confronted with, like, three Aqualish yeah. that are running towards him. He doesn't... And they have guns, Tap. And they have guns and Tap or is... Or blasters, excuse me. They have blasters. And Tap just completely reflexively grabs the bottle of Wyron's Reserve <gasps> and Tap! No! brains one of them with it. <sighs> uh, oh, God. Don't you dare. Don't uh, you dare break that. And he is going to use... I'm going to use a force point... Yes. And then this is average. That's average. And he's going to attempt to brain them. Tap! Tap! <laughs> oh, but look. I know! Oh, tap. So t- tap succeeds and knocks out the person. He succeeds and knocks out the person. Um, However. And there's a triumph. Gosh, what should the triumph be? Triumphs are what knock out minions. He takes the bottle of Wyron's Reserve, solidly brains one of the Aqualish, says, take that! And the bottle shatters in his hand. That's what the threats are. The threats are that the bottle shatters in his hand and he says, oh dear. He drops the glass shards and then just looks down at the sopping bottle of Wyron's Reserve. That's so sad. Wistfully. (laughs) So much money. Yeah. Uh, the Aqualish get to go. Okay. There are two Aqualish facing Lynn in one direction, and Lynn and Tap are in the center of the train, surrounded by, like, panicking passengers. There's one Aqualish left cutting off the area between Tap and the exit that's not blocked off by the splintering chairs and the panicked passengers. Right. So, let's see. Aqualish number one is just going to advance on Tap, and he's going to try to shoot our boy, our good, good boy. Woof. Ouch. Uh, uh, just two successes. Two successes. So seven with the mm-hmm. kickoff. And he's got a soak of... <gasps> Tap Chitra, the good, good boy, uh-huh. has a coat on that soaks four against energy weapons. Oh, so he only good. takes okay. three wounds. Okay. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Uh, it basically grazes him in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Tap like, yups. He looks down on his shoulder and he says, oh no, my suit. That's very precious. Lynn has two Aqualish fighting her. She threw the chair and started to run at mm-hmm. one. So uh, She took her maneuvers to run at them. To run at them. Yeah. yeah. That's Tap uses Tap uses maneuver to look down sadly at the whiskey soaking into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> 
What a what a blessing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So she closed way too fast for them to be able to use guns or risk shooting each other. They have disadvantage, yeah. They um, certainly have disadvantage. The chair beamed one and mm-hmm. that person has been taken out. Mm-hmm. So then she closed and is standing on the aqualish that she knocked out. That she KO'd, yeah. And is boxing the one who is immediately behind with the intention of getting the door closed mm-hmm. and isn't noticing the one who's sneaking up behind her with a hook with a hook yeah and that person is going to make two big swipes for her very cool Um, so this is a melee yep it's two difficulty she has one armor cool and this melee skill is two green and one yellow okay let's see how this goes for mr hook hand nice nice dang lynn two failures so while Lynn's boxing, the Aqualish like does a jab and she ducks. And while she's ducking, the person does two quick swipes with the hook and she feels the wind of mm-hmm. that go by and her eyes widen and she does a very slow turn and then grimaces and turns back around. Uh-huh. <laughs> then her eyes widen again and she realizes that she's like frozen in front of the Aqualish who's in front of her and looks up at him. He smirks and goes to kick her in the chin. Oh, no. Two successes and a threat. Okay. So how much damage is coming at her? Five. Okay. Opposed by her soak. She takes one damage. Lintel, are you all right? Tap. Tap, please. He's never seen this. Yeah, she gets kicked on the chin. It's probably a knee, you know, mm-hmm. like a knee to chin. There's like a sound effect. like a The advantage is that she had anticipated it. Mm-hmm. So while she rolls with it, she winds up grabbing the person's knee mm-hmm. on the follow through. So she's ready to do something with it in the next round. Cool. Which we're back up to the top. We're back up to the top, which is her. Yeah. Um. So she is going to continue making a brawl. Mm-hmm. She's going to like from this crouch down position, grab this person, swing them forward, and then punch through them mm-hmm. to punch them into the hook hand. Buddy. I was literally about to say she could do something to try to move them into the hook. So uh-huh. we're good. I got knocked back. So yeah, nice. Cool. Uh, you want to use the force on this? I would love to. Loop. I should do it. Yep. Beautiful. Two successes and two advantages, which is perfect. That is enough to activate my knockback. Mm-hmm. It's also seven coming at him. Oh, eight is enough to knock him out, but not seven. Not seven. Yeah. Cool. So this person is barely conscious and now slung completely onto the hook-handed person. The hook is like hooked. It goes, rips through their shirt mm-hmm. and they get knocked back several paces onto the bar. Uh-huh. They're like sprawled. Tap uh, like laughs and claps in delight. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn looks over around and starts running towards the people on tap yeah who it's it's his turn tap watched lynn do that then he turns around and looks at the aqualish and the aqualish is like tusks sort of split apart in a menacing grin tap looks at the aqualish smiles weakly and then takes out the equalizer pistol uh-huh. and his hand starts oh, shaking tap his hand starts shaking and he tries to fire one off in yeah. close quarters at this aqualish hey not bad tap one success and one threat. Okay. Dang, this is a sweet gun. Tap actually manages to take this Aqualush out. Okay. And his hand's like shaking and shaking and shaking. And then almost accidentally it goes pew 
<laughs> and then like a little blaster bolt passes through the Aqualish's skull and then the Aqualish like sways a little bit and then collapses forward. It goes through the skull past Lin's shoulder. So when the Aqualish falls over, Lin's standing there frozen. Yeah. Clearly terrified. Yeah. As terrified as Tap. And then Tap's hands are still shaking. I did it. I, I did it. Great job! And she smiles all teeth and then, like, shakes her head. <laughs> <laughs> so there are two remaining Aqualish, and they are... One of them is just barely up, really messed up by the, like, getting pushed into the hook hand. Yeah. And then the other one is mostly okay. Sure. That one goes first. Okay. He's just going to try to bull charge, Lynn. Okay. Cool. One success and two disadvantage. How much damage is coming at me? Same five again? Uh, yeah. So the Aqualish shoves his friend off of him, is like seeing red, sees Lynn, laughing into a grimace <laughs> at her friend, <laughs> and starts charging at her and like catches her under the ribs. Yeah. She wasn't bracing for impact or anything, so it carries, and they both wind up on one of those serving trays and start scooting really rapidly across the... And towards the back of the... Yeah, across the space. Past tap. Mm-hmm. Which leaves the other Aqualish facing down Tap, and he turns directly to Tap, sees that Tap's hands are still shaking from the gun, laughs, and then just walks right up to Tap and tries to clock him in the face. Two disadvantage, but two success. He basically, oh, Tap gets a shiner from this. He like clocks Tap directly right below his right eye where his mole is. Oh. And Tap takes another five. So he takes another two wounds. Oh no, he's getting hurt. He is getting hurt. Tap cries out and says, ow. <laughs> oh no. Uh, Lynn like looks over with some amount of desperation and then reaches forward and grabs the the, the shirt of the the shirt of the Aqualish and pulls him close. Look, Severance Tan's bad news. Count Dooku plays for keeps. If you're smart, you'll cut your losses now. And then she clocks him in the face. Mm -hmm. How are our light side points? We got two left. I'll take one. Uh, one success and one advantage. Which is enough to KO this one because this, this is the one, one that charged he, you. Yeah, yeah. This Aqualish basically sinks backwards and sees like little ships above his face. It's like a Jedi starfighter chasing like a vulture droid. Lin takes his gun from mm -hmm. his belt and starts training it on the one that's still on tap. Tap watches Lin basically clock that one. He claps a little in glee and then um, winces and touches his bruise and then turns directly towards the other Aqualish, remembers that he has a gun and brings it up to bear and trains it on the Aqualish. The Aqualish starts taking stock of how the fight has gone and still has their gun. So they start like hesitantly doing a standoff yeah, thing, doing a standoff thing. So they're hesitantly doing a standoff thing. The Aqualish makes a calculation. I'm going to flip a dark side point to a light side point, makes a calculation, takes the safety off of his gun and is about to fire. And then suddenly a tray appears and clocks the Aqualish. Fuck yeah! Uh, and there's a pound and the Aqualish is knocked out cold. And we see a Chiss in a Mater D uniform just sort of dusting his hands off and then regarding our heroes impassively. End of episode.